our intro music. What is that going to be? Well, it can't be copyrighted. We got to go through the free stuff and see what all's available. Actually, I think one of those articles had a link to some free stuff. I think maybe the one I sent you. I don't know. I like your new logo, though. The uh, purposeful people one? When that I, yeah. The name kind of throws me off, but I just, I don't know. Like, purposeful is not really a word that I would use on a regular basis, so. I know. It's intentional. It's to bring light to being a purposeful person, like an intentional person. Living in a certain way on purpose. Yes. And the fool, it's actually spelt P-U-R-P-O-S-E-F-U-L, but in this logo, it's F-U-L-L. And that's why the full is bigger. So, like, through having conversations, we are filling our cup, basically. Our cup is full, if that makes sense. Like, through listening. Your cup will be full by listening to this podcast. Because not only are we going to be passing on the life hacks that we've learned along the way regarding life, being happy, parenting, business. We also partner with professionals in those industries that give the professional advice for those things. I mean, I know myself, I've, well, I've specifically sought out specific types of individuals or groups that I respected regarding business or parenting or anything that I had, you know, a challenge that I needed to figure out in life where I would normally go to someone for some type of advice, you know, that type of leadership or guidance. I've had to seek out people that I respected in that manner, if you will. So a lot of these people are people that I've partnered with throughout business and also uh, use their services personally, you know. Mm-hmm. You okay. seek out the experts. When you don't know, you, well, like in business, you hire the people that do know, that can do it, if you can't, you know what I mean? And you've got to know when when to do that. You either learn it, is it more cost-effective for you to learn it and do it yourself, or is it is it better and more cost-effective to hire the appropriate professionals? I'm not going to represent myself in the court of law because <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and hire that professional, you know what I mean? Like, apply that to business. There are times where you you seek out help. Same thing in life, where you, you seek out, you know, your mentor or your pastor or God, that relationship, or, you know, yeah. Some type of guidance. That's one thing I wish that I had. We were just talking about that today in my coffee meeting this morning. I the proof <clears> of me <throat> having a mentor is there's no one that I know that I want to be like. You know, there are aspects of people. Right. And that's what you have to do. That are that I find intriguing or beneficial or something like that, but there's at least not yet anyone that I truly want to be like. I think Never has, 100%. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's people that I look up to and stuff like that, but still, even those people that I look up to, I don't really, I mean, I don't want to be them. You know, and I guess that's what I've always thought is that a mentor is somebody that you have to, this is the mentor. This is who you want to be. No, and I, I don't think that's what it is. I need to maybe reevaluate that. But then at the same time, there's really not a lot of people around me that, I guess, locally, you know what I mean, that I can sit down, have a conversation with, show them what I'm working on, get their feedback and stuff like that. I, I mean, I, it's a little bit easier with everything being digital, 
capabilities over the internet and, and so on. I mean, you can do screen share, Skype, and stuff like that. But it's just not as personal as being face-to-face -face with somebody, you know, looking up to people like look up to. I mean, podcasts that we listen to, YouTube videos that we watch and stuff like that, it's all great. But to have the opportunity to speak with with them, people that you see as pioneers in the industry of entrepreneurship, self-progress, or growth, or growth and stuff like that. You know, there's really nobody around that. I mean, really and truly, business-wise, you know, entrepreneurs that I know, there are two people that I know that I consider friends that I could really sit down and have a conversation with about these types of things. And the problem is, too, is that we're all so busy that it's hard to find that time to sit down and yeah. really. Well, that's what's so great about today's digital age and technology and being able to, you know, these. You're right. I, that's what I was trying to say is so for so long, for years now, when I since I've been on this this personal growth journey, you know, for the longest time, only books were available. That was it. Maybe you might find a website. And if you were lucky enough, you could go to a a keynote speaker type situation you know what I mean but nowadays you all of these things are online and you can access that so we do have an even more focused access to these mentors the gurus the experts in the industries and the the things that we're interested in and that kind of thing than we did before but seeking out I, literally outside of my hometown outside of our core family outside of our core you know friends you know that kind of stuff but having to go to networking events like business networking events and meeting others in the industry and through just that commonality being able to being connected with other people that you kind of hit it off with that can kind of take a the role of that mentor type person to me a mentor is somebody that is a positive role model for one always it's going to be somebody that's going to you know bring a, a positive energy into the space into your life into that relationship and somebody that I can learn from also that you know we have a lot of the same kind of common goals and ideas that we can collaborate with and create from that and, you know, that kind of thing, kind of brainstorm with, um, kind of that, that mentor, that guide kind of type thing, that consultant, if you will, um, that's willing to give up their information that they've learned along the way, along their journey, that, you know, the time and energy that they've spent learning, you know, refining certain skills or certain types of knowledge, you know, that kind of thing and passing that on to someone. I've had to literally seek that outside. And I'm, I'm telling you, there are, there's only a handful of people really that I really respect, you know, a lot of what they say. And that sounds so terrible when I say that. So let me explain. You know what I mean? It sounds so negative that, oh, I don't really respect what they have to say. But it makes it hard when seeking advice because most people, when they give you advice, they give advice from where they are and how they can see that working for them in their life, not how it would benefit you based upon, you know, the different aspects of who you are and what your interests are and those kind of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, uh, I know what you're saying. 
Most people give advice based upon fear that they feel Absolutely. in the situation that you're describing. Yes. You know, what is the safest path or what is the uh, least vulnerable? What is yes. the, the most you know, rational? The Yeah. The, and uh, I don't operate that way. I am not a person that is controlled by fear. I Well, let me say that I have worked diligently for the majority of my last 10, 15 years trying to overcome fear holding me back from doing different things. You know what I mean? Um, of course, I have healthy fears of certain things. That's, that's, that's a great thing <laughs> to have, right? But at the same time, I if it's something that I'm inspired to do, I don't really listen to all the reasons why I shouldn't do it. Because most of the time, the people that are giving the reasons why you shouldn't do it are the reasons why they shouldn't do it for themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting to think about coming from a point where you learn from fear or state of being is learning from fear. And I think in a lot of ways, most human beings, if not all human beings, are in some way tuned to that type of lifestyle. And what I mean by that is growing up as a kid, you know, say you get spankings when you're a kid because you, you know, do what all kids do. You lie. All kids lie not something they have to be taught. Let's say you want something, you want a cookie. You figure out that if you lie, you eat all your vegetables, maybe, you know, let's say the kid took the took school to lunch that day. Hey, did you eat all your vegetables? Yeah, okay, well, did you see the kid eat their vegetables? No, you can only just believe what they say. And hopefully that your kids are being truthful to you and you have enough love in their life to where, you know, even if they do something wrong or, you know, they are gonna lie to you, but they feel like they can come to you lie. and talk to you about yeah, whatever I it mean, is. And... But you know, we're raised in some ways from a position of of Set fear. You up for... Not that your parents are trying to be mean to you by spanking you or you know scolding you or correcting you or disciplining you or anything like that. But from self-preservation, from a self-preservation exactly. standpoint, as a kid, you know, you might lie to get out of consequences that you otherwise would have had you know what I mean so you might not have so out of position of fear you lied or you take this stance you know where did you hit your sister uh no <laughs> okay well then maybe if your parents believe you that <laughs> you won't get a spanking for hitting your sister and she's crying or you know vice versa so it just seems like from a young age we're kind of make decisions from a position of fear and I think that as you get older you just need to learn to come to terms with that and it's not that you were taught from your parents from a position of fear they wanted you to fear everything it's just that as a human being as it that's part of our our code that's part of who we are exactly you know the experiences that we've had in the past are what lead us in a certain direction in the future so as a kid, we learn to make choices based on a position of fear in some cases. But then as a, an adult, kind of, we need to learn when to switch that off and make decisions in a different way. And I think that that's what most people don't understand is that when you're traveling down a different path, like to say you're trying to start a new business venture or pursue Especially this. entrepreneurship pursue this opportunity so many people's decisions are 
made based upon a position of fear in how successful they think they will be or or not, you know? And their subconscious thoughts and how they play the role, biggest role in your success, to be honest, because they are what makes your vibe and your vibe attracts your experience. You allow space for those kind of things to infiltrate the inspiration that you've had and it kind of like takes the steam out of it when you're inspired to do something and then you fill it full of doubt on reasons why you shouldn't do it you have a much less chance of success yeah it's all where your headspace is all your mindset I mean, this is these yeah what we're talking about right now is a whole bunch of topics but well, this is good, though, because we had this idea that we we're going to sit down and talk about what our podcast was going to be about. I hope you're recording because <laughs> we're talking about what it's going to be about right now. That's funny. Of course, you're not always going to agree with everything that everyone says or feels or, you know, their opinion. But there's value in everything and everyone. And you just have to, you know, take things with a grain of salt. You know, if you listen and you observe and you allow people to to be who they are and to share who they are, you learn a lot of different things. And a lot of times, a lot of things that you didn't actually set out, you intend to sit down and have a conversation and learn about, you know what I mean? I feel like I need to give a better explanation as to how people make decisions from a position. So let's say you're a kid and you are at recess. Everybody's going to play kickball that day at recess. and you know, there's some people that there's a bunch of kids out there on the field and they're about to play kickball, but they're picking sides, picking teams. And then you're sitting over on the sidelines and the bleachers and your friend's like, man, I know you like to play kickball. Why aren't you going out there? Um, and I'm new to this school. Nobody knows me. I don't know anybody. They don't know my capabilities. This is you talking to your friend and you decide not to go out and play kickball because you are afraid of how you're going to be perceived exactly. to the rest of the people there. So although you're not like scared you're going to get hurt, um, if I go out there and play kickball, I'm, gonna, I'm scared I'm going to fall and break my leg. No, you're used to playing sports. You are capable of playing kickball, but because you are new in that situation, you don't know anybody, they don't know you, and you're worried about, scared, you are f fearing how they are going to perceive you, then you decide not to go down that path. And I think that's the best way that I can describe or give an, an analogy on how people make decisions from a position of fear. And how that plays into business. Right. So you don't know the outcome. You know, you need to be confident in what you know. Also be willing to admit when you're, when you don't know. And then like you were saying earlier, you can seek outside advice, gather information from experts in that situation. But yeah, I think, you know, in so many aspects of our life as a kid, uh, parents say, all right, if you're going out to climb that tree, be careful. Making decisions from a position of fear. Yes, you do need to be careful when you're climbing a tree. Hold on tight. Look where you're going. Pay attention. Don't do something else when you're doing something dangerous. But at the same time, That's just because me, your mom though. says don't be, you know, be careful doesn't mean you shouldn't go climb that tree. Well, to me, that's that that's foundational. Like the foundation should include, look, you obviously need to have self-control. You need to be thoughtful and intentional about living and the decisions that you make and those kind of things. But hey, 
We already know that. I don't have to tell you to be careful. Go out there and have fun. Go out there and have a good time. There's life and death in the tongue. I'm telling you, is. it is serious. You literally create problems by telling people to avoid them. You really do. I see this all the time. You know, it's like a habit. Like, again, like you're saying, it's just, it's ingrained in us. This, this fearful, this is, this is why we do that. And it, once you become aware that there's a different way, then you, of course, can make a choice. And, but it, it takes, you know, every day. There, we're constantly encountering situations where we have a choice. Okay, am I going to be fearful of this and let it control me? Or am I going to realize, rationalize this and see the long-term outcome rather than how it's going to benefit me right now? Yeah, I completely agree. Kind of jumping all over the place, but this is good stuff. It's deep. And I think it's the core of success and happiness, to be honest. Because being an entrepreneur is lonely very lonely in so many different aspects. Being an introvert is very lonely in so many different aspects. <laughs> you know what I mean? And no, I don't. I'm not an introvert. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not an introvert. I mean, I don't think I am. I think most people would say that I'm not a well, actually, maybe you're not because you you have said that you don't like to be alone. You like to be around people and that kind of stuff. And the difference between being an introvert and an, intro, and an extrovert as far as like an energy level goes, it's to um, to refuel, to kind of, you know, regain your energy kind of type thing. Introverts need time alone. I need to have a day to myself where I don't talk to anyone. Like <laughs> There are days where it's worse than others. You know, some days I just need to go take five minutes to meditate. But those days where I need more is usually because I'm not taking the time in the beginning of my day intentionally to set things up and meditate and pray and, you know, that kind of stuff so that those those things don't get so overwhelmed where I need to take more time. You know, I do like being alone in certain situations, but there's definitely times where I like being around people. I don't like being around people just to be around people. Just to be around people, I guess. I you like I mean? to be around people of substance and something that's going to be a joyful experience and that kind of thing. Otherwise, I don't want to go. Yeah, I mean, if I don't like the content, uh, if I just don't, if I don't want to be there just because there's people there, doesn't mean I want to go because there's people there. Right. You know, maybe there's another situation or something that's why I don't want to be there. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, I like being around people. I like opportunities. I like speaking with people. Um, I had a presentation that I gave this morning for part of my business, and I enjoyed it. You know, uh, first opportunity that I had to give a presentation like this for around 15 people. And I enjoyed it. I don't give public speeches as much anymore. I mean, when I was in the military, I did. I gave presentations to all different ranks of officers and briefings and different and things, stuff right? like that. And <clears throat> and I wasn't intimidated by it because I was confident in what I could do. And uh, oh, that's. I, Go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off, but the confidence, you know, that's interesting too, because I, the, the meeting I had this morning, we 
we're talking a lot about these kind of things and she was asking about the podcast and, you know, spilling her in different stuff. And at some point she asked me, um, because I, I talked a little bit about my background and the different jobs that I've had and, and things. And she, she asked what it was like to be around such a powerful person. And, you know, I sat there for a second and I had to realize that that that's a real thing for people, that they're intimidated by powerful people, quote-unquote powerful people, okay? And my response was, for one, like, I don't see it that way. I'm not intimidated by quote-unquote powerful people, whether they're large in stature or, you know, successful in business or in society or or whatever. And I, it's directly, I'm sure, a lot uh, from my background, but look at how we grew up. Okay. <laughs> like myself, I'm a giant myself. Okay. I'm, I'm a large woman. I'm, I'm, uh, taller than the average male and I'm not 120 pounds. So that's all I'm going to say. But, uh, our father is six foot five and 270 pounds and has always been, you know, pretty much known as the Hulk and growing up on the farm, you know, all of our men, the men in our family, everyone's over six foot. And very, I guess, intimidating looking, right? And then the way we carry ourselves too, we're all fairly confident. We've all been um, very competitive athletes, you know, this kind of stuff. And she is, just to give some perspective, a youth minister's wife, and she's a yoga instructor. So her experience currently of life is very different from the way that I grew up obviously, right? And then I get into the business world and I have photographed a lot of very well-known people when I was a commercial photographer up in DC. And I've been around a lot of people with a lot of money when I was in the wedding industry. And then I've been around a lot of people in the hospitality industry that have a lot of money and are very quote unquote powerful. So Without the way that we grew up, yes, I guess that would all be very intimidating. But it's not to me. Because they're just people. You know what I mean? They're just people. They're, they have families. They have friends. They have to make decisions just like we do. You know, they just, they happen to be experts at what they do. And it's gotten them somewhere to, you know, someone's degree of success, measurement of success. I hope they're happy. I can tell you most of these quote-unquote powerful people that I've been around are not happy. (laughs) They're not happy people. Some of them, yes, but most of them, no, you know. So, I don't know. (laughs) It's funny when you started talking about, I guess one of the reasons why I'm, am not intimidated by people and immediately is I thought dead dad hands down number one the biggest influence in our life he's a giant (laughs) and the Hulk yeah uh but he's also just a big teddy bear and that's what I found with a lot of these quote-unquote big powerful people is they're all they're humans they all have emotions just like we all do you know, it, it's not the other person most of the time that is that is making. It's not the other person in the majority of cases that is ma- that are making us 
feel that way. It's ourselves and our experiences of the past that we've been through that are making us feel a certain way around a specific person or a right. specific ty type of person. And, you know, you can... Growing up, Dad always said, doesn't matter who you're talking to, head up, shoulders back, eyes forward, look them in the eye. That's respect. Putting your head down and being sheepish or timid around somebody isn't a form of respect. And I feel like there's a common misconception in a lot of cases that if you talk to somebody, looking them in the eye, and like they're, you know, you are on the same level as them, despite the position that they are in, whether it be in business or place of social hierarchy above you, that if you talk to them in a certain way, that it's not respectful. Right. And I feel like that's completely backwards, that if you carry yourself and give the respect that you want in return, that's the ultimate form of respect. Oh, Talk to people the way that you want to be treated. I mean, that's the golden rule, right? So I think it's just a misconception. And I, I definitely think it has a lot to do with the way that you're raised and experiences, of course, that you've been through. But I feel like it's not just, it's not always just the way that you're raised. I mean, you know, there's different types of personalities. And I think our personalities are definitely derived from the experiences and interactions we've had in the past. But maybe some people just have a certain personality because that's the way that they were born. Or I'm not saying you can't change it. I'm not saying that you're dealt the deck of cards that you're dealt when you're born and then you're going to be this certain way. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that sometimes, no matter how hard you try, or I try, for example, um, trying to think of something I'm not good at. <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> no matter how hard I try, I'm not good at, uh, I'm trying to think of something that, uh, Jake, I'm dying over here. I'm not laughing. I am laughing with you because I, this is the synchronicity is so wild. We were just talking about that this morning and I was like, I don't mean to like toot my own horn or anything like that sounds so awful. But like, I, I am very blessed in that everything that I have tried in life, just about, I have been good at not just, not just okay at, or yeah, okay. I could do that, but relatively good at without a whole lot of effort. And I, it kind of has made it kind of hard for me too, because I'm so interested in so many things. So it's, it makes it hard to just do one thing, focus on one thing, want to do just one thing. That's why I'm so, the perspective has had to shift for me to value my creativity because for so long growing up that was never valued I never felt comfortable being idle to like read or be creative or anything like that it was we grew up on the farm it was always work and then we were major athletes so it was always go 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 do 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 so finally getting into college and being an adult and and you know being in control of my own downtime I've been able to explore those creative outlets but at the same time, I've always felt guilty exploring them or even pursuing them. And especially if they weren't right now returning a monetary value for my time invested. 
And that shift is, I think, the one that keeps, like, the polarization of, like, between entrepreneurship and not. Because that perspective is not understood, and it's such a battle, I think. It is for me, anyway, and I think it is for a lot of people. Because you are bogged down with this, okay, I've got to do this to survive. But this is what I'm really being called to do type thing. So when you can find that sweet spot where you can merge the two, that's where it's at. But then it's a very lonely place because you're the only one within your tribe, you know, within your reach that has that perspective and that, you know, you're being called to follow that even though you look to everyone else like you're a complete absolute ludicrous nut job. Yeah. Sorry, I took over, but no, it's cool. I'm not good in math. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, algebra, <laughs> algebra. No, I completely. I have agree to go back to high saying. school. Um, uh, I think that ultimately comes down to the foundation that I had at the beginning of of it, and I just never really found it interesting. Numbers for the sake of numbers, adding up to this. I'm not talking about functional math where, you know, I can build anything. I use mathematics all the time. And in a way, and you actually use, well, more geometry than algebra, but still use algebra also. We just don't use it in the format that we did in algebra class. I just, yeah, equations for the sake of equations. I think it's all great, and I think it's wonderful when people can do that. And I, th I find math fascinating, and those that are very, that are good Advanced. at math, man, I, I just find it incredibly impressive. Something I'd like to get better at for sure. But uh, but yeah, just the the textbook math, I'm not, I'm not good at it. And I think it has a lot to do with I have a lack of interest in it. For me, I find it impressive. Like I can find I I find people that are es experts in any type of artwork. I mean, something that I've never experienced before. Basket weaving. I know this is a silly. <laughs> well, uh, but still, it's creative. You know, people that are experts in their field that you might not even know that they do that. And biologists or, you know, professional athletes that are, you know, people that play, what do they call that? Curling? Hurling? Yeah. Curling <laughs> in the Olympics? They've got a broom and then it's an ice skating rink and they're just like yeah, it's curling. Yeah, so. They're giving free classes, by the way, down in, in uh, Bricktown, the Myriad Gardens this winter at the uh, Devon Ice Rink for curling lessons. Or maybe they're not free, but they're classes that they're giving there for curling anyway side note <laughs> yeah so i mean i'm very impressed with people that are experts in the field that are above average and that are excel and stuff like that so i mean don't get me wrong there's plenty of things out there that i'm not good at uh probably because i have a lack of interest in them and i haven't spent the amount of time in it that i need to I mean to become good at them because they don't come naturally yeah. yeah so well and time also there's so many things that I'm interested in that I'm not good at right off the bat because I don't I haven't spent the time to learn it like you're just saying um even starting out in this podcasting there's been a lot of research and different things that we both have to do to you know to figure this out because our focus has been in other areas right yeah, I think maybe it comes a little bit easier to me because I use technology 
a little bit more extensively than you do on a regular basis. Right, exactly. But uh, yeah, there's definitely things that I don't know. And anyway, I mean, I'm going to start my podcast, uh, you know, rather quickly. I've got my logo design. I don't know if I like it. Yeah, it, it's a little bit more cartoony than I want it to be, but I want it to be light and carefree and stuff like that. I like it. I think, the, like I said, the coloring just needs to be a little more vibrant. That's the only real suggestion I have. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. What about, um, this just comes to mind, um, you mentioned the cartoony, and back going back to my very first graphic design class, uh, the challenge was blending um, reality and surrealism. So what about blending both a regular picture and a... All right, we're back. Sorry, I had to take a phone call. It's um, okay. Can we start this again real quick? It's already started. Not the whole thing, but just right where we just picked up again, right before we picked up again. You didn't stop? We were recording the whole time? I just paused it. Okay, go back to where you paused it, please. It's like, listen to it? Yeah, I need to know what the last thing we talked about was, and then we'll uh, unpause. We were talking about logos and starting your podcast, and I was, um, you can hear that. Yep. That's fine. Sorry Idle thinking. Yeah, I don't know where we were. That's fine. We can cut all this out. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Um... I hate getting interrupted when I'm doing something, whether it's working on a 3D model or a project here at home or whatever, because... Interrupts the flow. It, it really does. You know, mm. yeah, it's... Airplane mode is my friend, man. I'm, so here's something I had to learn at the coffee shop when it came to, like, time management, because that was such an overwhelming, crazy monster that was amazing in so many ways, but I was not prepared for it at all whatsoever. So... Time management-wise, one of the biggest, most effective things I've done is, for one, not look at my phone when I first wake up in the morning. It's usually several hours after I wake up because being an entrepreneur and being in the service industry and all that kind of stuff, my schedule is already – like, I, I worked at night, and my downtime was in the morning anyway. Like, when I wake up, before I went to work was my downtime, where most people, they get off work, and then their downtime is in the evening, right? So, anyways – not checking my phone for several hours after I wake up, however long it is for me to go through my routine that I want to make sure that I do to intentionally start my day every day routine. Um, and then also when I do like scheduling in time uh, to work on projects and airplane mode during those times. Making sure that I scheduled times in there for breaks, like, okay, I've been doing this for an hour, I probably need to, you know, take a breather, check my phone, make sure there isn't anything emergency-wise that I need to respond to, but then if it's not an emergency, I go right back to working and right back to airplane mode, and that helped me stay on task and get things done and stay in the flow better than anything. That was that way I was in control of the breaks rather than being interrupted in that flow. Yeah, I usually keep my phone on silent so that I'm not... Same. Uh, today was just a little bit different with my schedule. It's just a little bit out of the norm, so I had my ringer turned on, but... That's another thing uh, I did, and whereas actually it's become a, a problem now with my ringer because 
it's been on silent for about five years now. <laughs> it's literally on silent all the time, you know what I mean? So I need to get back to actually having a ringer. And well, I always keep my phone down too. Same, so that I'm not distracted all the time. Face down, I don't, I don't want to look at it. Yeah, because those notifica notifications come up and I've turned them off too. Like literally, I don't have any, most of the time, my text messages aren't even being notified. Like I don't see a text message until I actually go in and open the app. Same thing with my phone calls. Yeah, um, I don't have any notifications on my phone. No social media notifications. Yeah, I know. Or too distracting. Like yeah. You know, uh, another thing that I've had a difficult time, so over the last couple of years, to give some backstory, um, I basically decided to totally turn my life upside down um, and do things differently. And the biggest challenge that I've had over this time is learning how to be still, how to be okay and be in the moment when I'm reading an article even, you know what I mean? Like we were talking about earlier, like how we've always been a go, 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 do, 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 something person, you know, type, type personalities because of just our lifestyle growing up on the farm and just our lifestyle in general, our parents, they were the same way. They were entrepreneurs then with, when they didn't even realize it, you know what I mean? That was another perspective that has had to change in business for me as well is, is learning how to value multiple streams of income where growing up it was, grow up and get your education so you don't have to work as hard as I do and work multiple jobs like I do. But now, since I've been, you know, an adult and in business for the last 20 years, I, it's literally, I, I'm, I am actually very creative and good at creating ways to make money in multiple different ways. You know what I mean? Like just that shift in perspective has really helped me a lot. I think it's recognizing opportunity. A lot of people don't recognize right? the opportunity. I think that's the big. Yeah, and value it and, and are thankful for it. Like just that shift, you know, having a thankful perspective for it rather than in a grateful, you know, place rather than a, oh, I've got to do this. It's totally different. Yeah, that's one thing that I, sounds pretty, it sounds arrogant and I, I don't mean it to sound that way but I am good at so many things and I am let me brief I'm capable of doing so many things successfully well um, that there are so many opportunities that present themselves to me on a regular base, basis that I in some ways, I, in some ways, I'm not as successful as what I could be if I focused on one thing, smaller amount of things. Right. So focusing that, and I, I'm definitely to the point now where I'm really kind of honed in on where I want to be, and it's not where I think I should be, but it's where I, in my heart, want to be, where I feel happy doing exactly. what I'm doing, and I. And I think the return on investment, like it's not always a monetary value. I don't want to do things based on money. Exactly. You know, I, I think about that all the time. I don't, I think about it all the time in the fact that I think about 
man, I should do this for money. I see this opportunity where I could make money. But then at the same time, I'm like, all right, turn that off. Yes, it's an opportunity where you can make money. But you shouldn't do it just because it's an opportunity to make but, money. But don't do it just because it's an opportunity to make money. I mean, don't. there's a difference between being able to pay your bills and taking an opportunity that presents itself not being able to pay your bills. Right. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. Right, of course. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, ultimately, it comes down to what makes me feel good. Sounds selfish in some ways, which... And from a different perspective, it is. But if you have a healthy perspective, you understand that it's absolute crucial and a must for that to occur for you to be able to give back to others if i if if i'm not happy if i'm not satisfied with where i am i mean not satisfied is probably not the best word in that situation content if i'm not content yeah i mean well I content can- is okay i'm grateful for now but i'm always striving for more and that's not a bad thing right so if I'm not in the right headspace, I can't do what I need to in order to provide for my family. Right. Or anyone else outside of that. Just the reason why we had to take a stop is because I got a phone call because the presentation that I had given this morning uh, for those 15 people, um, it's, it's for – anyway – they all have a say. It's a board for a company, and they all have a say in who they work for or who they work with, and they're going to work with me. So it was cool. Awesome. Good, good opportunity. Good job, Jake. I'm so proud of you. I, you know, when talking about those um, those mentors in life and that kind of stuff, you know, I was thinking on the way over here that you're you've become my hero. Like you, Dad, growing up was the person that knew how to do everything. You know what I mean? If you needed anything, Dad knew. Like you just go to Dad, and he still do for everything. But when Dad doesn't now, I go to Jake. You know what I mean? Like, and there's so much of what Dad can do also that now you're feeling that role as you know things transition as age happens you know that kind of thing and it's just really it's it's so beautiful to see that transition though to to step back I know it's weird for you because you're like oh whatever but I'm like I'm six years older than you though so I've seen you like I was I had um I had basically developed my foundational core of who I was by the time you were born you know what I mean so so I have a different perspective of who seven you are years. as my sibling right so seven years the first seven years is your exactly programming. so I you know yeah I had a hand in in our you know it, it takes a village to to raise people and that kind of thing but it's it's cool to be able to have a six-year gap in in development and to see you as the young teenage boy that I left when I went to college, right? And then I now, <laughs> 20 years later, we're sitting here having a conversation in this podcast and we're able to have an intellectual conversation on so many different levels at this age in our life, in this this point in our life anyway, our lives that um, we've never really gotten to do before. And what's so weird about it is there's 
a six year gap in our age and a 20 year gap in our communication for our most, for the most part in our, in our cultivating our relationship. Right. And we're so similar and on the same page in so many different aspects of life and business and mindset and parenting and, and so many different things. You know what I mean? Now, yeah, we were raised in the same household, but still there are different life. Our right. Lives have been completely, different. completely different. Completely different. And there are different aspects of our family unit that are not anything like us in so many different ways, too. You know what I mean? Different personalities. So it's just very interesting to me that we have become like our our ultimate path of where we are now. You know, we took different paths to get here, but we have a lot of the same information and a lot of the same interests and passions and different things. So it's kind of cool, you know, Thank weird you. little perspective. You're I'm, my hero, Jake. <laughs> my bro's my hero. I need a shirt. <laughs> Teespring's a hell of a sight. Hey, it is, by the way. I haven't told anybody about this. Maybe this will be my first big official launch of my Teespring accounts, whatever. Maybe I'll eventually actually give the links out there and how I redo that, promote it, you know, that kind of stuff. It's there. I've got like four different stores, you know, different themes that kind of stuff but uh haven't really told anyone that's funny thanks jen yeah. i appreciate it i've looked up to you for many things throughout the years and it's neat to hear that well hear it's, your perspective. well thank you and it's it's nice to have like i said you know somebody that you can go to that you can um you know feel comfortable with talking about whatever it is even if we have a different perspective and don't completely agree we can still communicate in a respectful way and listen to each other's perspective. And even, you know, I've, I've learned a lot over the years. When you listen, you learn a lot. You learn a lot by letting people talk. And you can take that a lot of different ways. <laughs> like you actually learn a lot that you don't want to know. And people tell on themselves a lot too, when you let them talk. But when it comes from a, you know, in a, a just a, a healthy space and you just let people kind of flow, you you learn a lot of different things that you didn't, you know, intentionally set out. I think I said that earlier, too. You, um, Real quick, my mind just went somewhere else on the same but different older people. You really need, people really need to have, even if it's not for a specific purpose, oh, I'm going to seek this person out to learn about business. But just having an older person's influence in your life and not really influence, but just having access to conversation with them so that you can have these flowing conversations and learn things, you know what I mean? I think is very, very important, as well as having conversations with people that are not like you or that are from different countries, different cultures, that kind of thing. I think it is so important. That's probably one of the biggest things about myself, of who I am, that I value, is just having those those different perspectives. So when you're talking older, are you talking? <clears throat> when you're talking older, are you talking like a year older, two years, five years, twenty, like elderly comparatively to you? Um, the gamut. So my whole entire life, if you will, adult life, I've you know in business, I've made friends with different um, ages of different coworkers and different things like that. Um, I've also you know some of my best friends that I keep in contact with regularly are in their fifties, um, you know, ten, fifteen years older than me. 
Um, and then my clients in a lot of my businesses have been, um, you know, sometimes early families starting out, you know, that kind of stuff with photography, but also in massage work, a lot of my clientele was the geriatric community. Um, so that's, you know, considered basically any, anything 55 plus right now. Um, and my clients that I see regularly are in their 80s. So it's, it's just, while a lot of times older folks, they have difficulty with change and that doesn't really jive with like my personality and my lifestyle and that kind of thing. And it's, it's been a little bit of a challenge in business, you know, being, you know, having to be creative on how to um, meet people where they are in a lot of aspects, but they have this, this traditional mindset that in a lot of ways, yeah, it can, it can hold us back. Um, but in so many ways, I think we're lacking a lot of what they, their traditional values that they can pass on to us in so many different aspects of our lives. And I think that we, you know, growing up the way we did, having our grandparents right next door and our grandmother right, or we spent so much time with, you know, the other side as well, equally. We had so much of that influence. And I, I just think that. Invaluable. Yes. I wish more people could grow up the way that we did and, and have that injection in their life here and there, because it's, it's so rich. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it's like grounding. It kind of keeps you grounded. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like a fortune teller. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny to put it that way, but it's, it is, but in a way, yeah, I mean? it's like, it's like the old wise man. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I cherish those memories, those times. I mean, I've spent I spent a tremendous amount of time with Grandpa, tremendous amount of time with Grandpa, and with Grandma and Uncle yeah. Am Uncle Amber's. Yeah. And, uh, I did too before you guys came along, being you know the only kid. Mammal. Mammal mostly, and being again right there, right there next to Grandma and Grandpa. I wasn't as close with them as I wanted to be, or, or as I wish I would have been. But uh, Mammal for sure. And Granny then. She was around then. Yeah, it was a... Uh... And you know, everybody has grandparents. But it was different than I feel like most people that we were around growing up. I feel like we spent... I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm not in their family. I didn't... Everybody spends holidays and stuff like that with their grandparents. But I mean, like... Well, it was, it's different with our children even because our children visit our grand, their grandparents, but we lived and breathed with our grandparents every day. Our, if we were not at school, we were working on the farm right there next to our grandparents every minute of every day, just about, you know what I mean? If we weren't playing ball or at school for the most part, we were outside and with our grandparents. Yeah. I didn't have a babysitter in the summertime. No. He lived next door to our grandma and grandpa, and we 
roamed the countryside. Exactly. Like little nomads. Yeah, if we weren't on the horse, we were on the three-wheeler or four-wheeler or on our bikes or playing kickball or fishing in the pond or fishing frogs out of the creek or, you know what I mean? Like, it was nonstop. Neat. It was really neat. It was. I love that Peyton and Leon are able to grow out here and grow up out here in the country like... Yeah, it's just my life now is so digital with my my business that I don't spend as much time outside as I would like to, and of course include them. But I mean, we do, you know, Leon for sure. Anytime I'm outside doing something, working, he he's right there with me. Peyton's a little more girly, doesn't quite enjoy it, but she does. She goes outside and frequently multiple times in the week she'll just go outside by herself climb a tree <laughs> that's so great um wonderful so and we've we've made some changes here to try and take away more screen time you know and stuff like that to get them more involved around the house and now that they're older and and outside and stuff like that so i definitely think they have a good environment uh, definitely, I always want to keep improving myself as a, as a dad and as a husband and and stuff like that. So hopefully I can give them some semblance of my childhood living out here in the country. You know what I mean? Uh, for sure. Absolutely. You know, Justice got that every once in a while. We were able to visit her um, great aunt in North Carolina that lived on a farm with horses and chickens and you know, beautiful gardens and acreage and stuff, and we would get to visit her quite a bit when we lived up there in D.C. when she was young, when you know, during those impressionable years, you know. Um, but for the most part, her life was on concrete. It really was, you know. I mean, she hardly ever, like, literally got in the grass. And it's, there's actually a, a very, like, an intrinsic value there that people don't realize that it, I have no, you're going to have to tell me, I have no idea what you're saying. I was just saying four minutes until an hour. Oh, okay, perfect. And I've got to leave to pick up Leon. And yeah, no, 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 perfect. Okay, so this, <coughs> this value of being connected with the earth, people don't realize how important that is when it comes to your nutrition and your overall health. Like, there's a real hippie weird thing out there, it's called grounding, where you go out and you put your feet bare feet in the dirt and you sit there and you do a meditation and you connect with mother nature and it literally you can feel the difference energetically in your entire body if you do that in the morning or at any time say you're having a depression you know deep dark bad day off day even if it's just an off day you go outside and you put your damn toes in the dirt it will change your life <laughs> this is the craziest <laughs> conversation i mean <laughs> I mean, we have conversations like this all the time. That's why they need to be podcasts. Right? Some other idiot will want to hear what we have to say, right? Oh, don't say that. But... <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm including ourselves in that. I'm being facetious. But, yeah, no. Surely we're not alone in our weird thoughts. I don't think Random. I don't think they're weird. I just feel like most people don't go through so many topics in such a short period of time in one conversation. As we do. True, and we do this every time we get into, in, around each other. Do you think if we saw each other more frequently, we would do less of that? Like, maybe it would slow down and we could 
not jump all over the place? Or? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't do a podcast a week. <laughs> maybe maybe we should do a podcast like once every two months, something like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, really, I, when you think about over the last ten years, our conversations like this are about once every two months. True. And they're always interesting. I always feel better or feel, I don't know, something. <laughs> Different in some kind of way. <laughs> feel like I don't have to be as scatterbrained as I normally am because I got all the scatterbrained stuff out talking with you. And now I can focus a little so more. So that's why we should do it weekly. So we would both be more productive. That's perfect. <laughs> all right. That's your podcast. We will... Uh, Catch you next See you time, next guys. time. <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. <laughs>